I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the advice podcast that doesn't know why it's giving advice. I'm on my own this time. Uh, it's one of those wild uh, situations where uh, I had to uh, take a week off, go away, uh, as demanded per my family since Christmas was wiped out and New Year's pretty much. Uh, a lot of the, the holiday, we uh, decided to take a trip. And I realized, oh no, I'll be at the whim of the uh, the, the hotel Wi-Fi, which, as we uh, uh, long-time mighties, long-time listeners know, is hit or miss sometimes. The audio is not great, this, that, and the other. I figured, okay, let's record one. And I scrambled for uh, a guest. And by the way, I have guests set for weeks and weeks and weeks. But my guest uh, next week, I asked to move it one week earlier. They couldn't do it. Uh, I talked to some other people. They couldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. So, hey, just me and you, kids. But that's okay. I am a seasoned podcast professional. As you know, this will be a very fun show. I got stuff to share. Um, first off, the the, the hour special, uh, Doug, uh, is in the can, as you know. But it's also now edited. And uh, Ben Wise has done the theme song. And that's in there. Uh, we have an amazing credit sequence. We uh, we had a lot of fun with uh, a wall of the comedy club where um, we had uh, shots of uh, what would have been in this legendary comedy club, Zany's Nashville. What would have been headshots of uh, the the uh, all the com- all the comedians that had ever played there. If you go to a, a lot of old timey or I shouldn't even say old timey comedy clubs that have been around a long time have a lot of pictures of Comedians on the wall, signed headshots from bygone eras, from this era, uh, in between, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Zany's uh, Nashville has been around a long, long time. And my director realized, okay, we can either cover those headshots because we can't really use people's images without their their uh, permission and we wouldn't try. Uh, so he's like, we can either cover these uh, or what do you think about making new ones? And I was like, what if they're all me? And we were all laughing, and and so I just went and got a ton of old headshots of mine. I probably have like five old headshots from different eras in my life. And then I went and I um, had a photographer friend of mine, uh, Kelly Dwyer, take pictures of me as various uh, comedic personas. And so when the special comes out, if you look close, you'll see those pictures next to the stage. And this is kind of a spoiler, but I'm just sharing this for those of you who you know took the time to look look at this podcast episode and go, oh, it's just Bronger by himself, I'm still gonna listen. <laughs> so this this spoiler is just for you. Um, and uh, I had a blast taking these pictures with Kelly and pretending to be all these different uh, made up comedians because you know I'm a comedy store uh, paid regular. At, yeah, I said it, and my name's on the wall. I said that too. And so I've been there since, as a regular, since 2014, 2015, one of those. And if you go, there's just pictures up and down the hallways of all these people. And some of them are like, you're like, what is, What was that guy's act? He's just wearing a diaper and he has an electric guitar. You know, so I took inspiration from that and just did all this weird stuff. At one point, I'm holding a dog 
anyway. So in the credit sequence for the special, uh, a lot of these made-up headshots just pop up. So for you collectors out there, when it's co it comes out, it'll be on some kind of streaming platform. I don't know which one yet. Um, so we shall see. But yeah, so that's that's exciting. That's done. That's moving forward. And um, uh, last week's uh, episode with uh, Billy Wayne Davis is out. And uh, I put up a clip about how uh, um, basically we, we hit upon a really cool point. Well, Billy Wayne did that uh, social media can be like fire and can be like water. You know, it just depends how you use it. Because we tend to look at it as like a garbage fire. and But it's a garbage fire that can keep you warm. Terrible analogy, I know. But, you know, it's just like fire. It can burn you. It can cook food. You can use it for different things. So I am just actively on this kind of mission to find how it can help uh, uh, get the word out. Not necessarily about like, dig me, but just get my, my art, my comedy in front of people. Like all comedians, it's a it's an ever changing landscape that will drive you mad if you let it. But so that's been my focus as well. So that's where I'm at right now. We had a lovely morning with uh, young Rose running around the house watching um, a little bit of Sesame Street. She's shooting up, shooting up like a sprout, uh, just getting taller and taller and bigger and bigger. And, and soon she will kill me. Well, not soon, probably in a couple of decades. But uh, I'm I'm excited for that to happen. I was struck by uh, <laughs> casually as men. I'm excited to be murdered by my child. I don't mean that. I just I'm excited to die first. Every parent listening knows what I'm talking about. Um, Tony Baker. If you don't follow him on on Instagram, you're crazy. That's someone. That's a comedian who uses social media well. He takes uh, footage of uh, of wild animals and does voices for them. It's hysterical and he's also a super 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 funny stand-up but that said uh an awful thing happened about a year ago where he lost his son in uh, um, a terrible street racing accident his son was was killed when a car hit him um and it really it's very hard to even say that but um he had uh, a, a really interesting post recently where he talked about how, yeah, it's the anniversary. And this, that's, I, I should say, even in the weeks after the death of his son, he was still funny online. He still was, you know, stayed on it, you know, and, 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 and expressed what he was going through as he saw fit, which I thought was beautiful. But a year later, people are kind of hitting him up and being like, I know it was a year ago, hope you're doing okay. And he basically just wrote one thing that was like, is he had two children, I believe. And he said, he's like, He's like, look, I appreciate it, but like, it's 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 always gonna be hard. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I, it's, for someone to be funny in that kind of situation blows my mind. But he, what he said was, all I wanted was for those two boys to throw me in an oven someday. <laughs> just, just, just throw me in, you know. I'm done. You're oh, you're raised. You're 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 an adult and you're independent. And you're on your own. Okay, I'm gonna die now. And you can go ahead and burn my body. Throw me in an oven. Tony Baker. Like, how are you that, that funny in that kind of situation? Uh, Caleb Huron, who was on the, the podcast, if you remember, when the gardeners were outside the house uh, using a leaf blower against the windows and chasing me from room to room. The Mighties, the longtime listeners, you've, you remember that episode. 
It was it, looking back. It was very funny at the time. I wanted to, you know, kick a window out and and scream at them. And it's not their fault. They just came by then. And I, I don't know. I guess I should have known. They they had a, they had a hankering for Tuesday. We didn't have a set day. It was kind of like it doesn't matter. But when you're doing a podcast, you have to tell people, and that's on me. But so his father recently passed away. Caleb's father passed away, and he wrote uh, a very very touching thing about how his father and him never really connected. Uh, and, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's hard, but kind of, it is what it is. I guess what I'm saying, I'm just really struck by, I, I went from how you use social media and, uh, I look at comedians who use it well, like Tony Baker, like, like, like Caleb, um, they, they're, they're, they're like experts at it. And I like following people like that to learn. Um, my wife is always on me because I tend to want to know things right away. And I think if I don't understand a thing, eh, it's no use. Even though I really haven't given it the proper time. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I'm surprised she hasn't had a framed uh, thing put up on her wall that just says, did you Google it? Did you look up maybe how? You know? And I was like, it's not going to be. There won't be a thing on how to edit a TikTok. The right, Of course there is. Of course there is. I was just lazy. And I didn't want to look it up. And so I went, ah, screw it. So I, I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of going from topic to topic here. But I'm just sharing what I'm kind of working on with me. And I know a lot of people listening to this are, are working on the same kind of things. And there, there are people, I'm sure, that are listening that are like, yeah, I got that whole shit figured out. Where are you, man? You know? But uh, there's also just as many, I'm sure, that are like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And that's fair, too. <laughs> so I appreciate you listening to this. It blows my mind that I used to do uh, a podcast that was just me talking for a half an hour. And I'm knocked out that Bill Burr does that still far as I know, you know, but like, I just, I love the give and take of having someone like, this is fine. I do like doing these episodes. They kind of take me back to those days. Uh, and I, and I do enjoy, you know, just being a one man band. If I didn't, I wouldn't be a stand up. but you know, I, I, I like that my, my main, my, my, my MO for the show is the give and take with somebody, you know, I do really enjoy that. Uh, that said, I am getting I'm getting back on the horse. Um, um, the 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 tour uh, starts February 25th and 26th in uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Tickets are up there for that. Um, let me run through real quick for those of you wondering, like, when are you going out again? Uh, after that is uh, Columbus, Ohio, March 11th. The first show is sold out. The second show has some tickets left. Uh, that is. Um, uh, yeah, Columbus, Ohio, and then I have uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, March 12th, and there are tickets available for that, which uh, I'm excited. I have not been in Cincy in forever. The weekend after that, I'm back to where I ended doing stand-up at the beginning of 2020. The last gig I had was at the Comedy Showcase in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I am there March 18th and 19th. That's three shows. I'm not sure if it's two Friday or two Saturday, but anyway, I'm there Friday the 18th of March and Saturday the 19th of March. 
at uh, uh, in Ann Arbor, which is where uh, I had the last weekend before we all we all locked down. All all us comedians, a few maniacs stayed out there, and and they all either got or gave COVID <laughs> pre vaccine. Good job, fellas. Jesus, uh, but um, I remember being in Ann Arbor and having that thing. Even you know you fly into Detroit. And then you, then I took a car to Ann Arbor, and Ann Arbor is one of my favorite places in the entire uh, United States. An incredible town, for Zingerman's Deli alone, it's incredible. Beautiful people, really, really cool. Michigan's just such a, a fun state. But um, I remember COVID was kind of closing in, and it was that feeling of, do I have this this show? And I mean, I was talking to Roger, the owner, who's a fantastic dude who's been in the game a long, long time. And I was like, how are you feeling? He's like, oh, everyone seems fine. And, you know, tickets are moving. And I was kind of like, yeah, but it kind of freaks me out. But we didn't have all the information. I remember after the show, I didn't do a meet and greet, but I touched elbows with people as they left. And I think it's because we thought if we touched hands, we didn't think it was through, you know, our, 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 our breath or respiration or, or, or anything or moisture in the air. We just thought like, oh, if I touch your hand, I might give or get COVID, which is crazy looking back. But we just didn't know. And there were there was only one there was one case that was documented in uh, uh, in all of Ann Arbor. And the hospital was right downtown near my hotel. And I remember walking to the gig and looking at that hospital and being like, God, there he is. Patient zero of Michigan just by himself in a cage. Like, like, like the end of the book, I am legend, like crazy, you know? And, and, and I remember talking to my agent and him going like, look, they're talking about shutting down LAX. And I was like, so I live here now. If they shut down LAX, they're definitely shutting down Burbank. It was, there's so much that we didn't know in that time. And I remember that being the scariest thing. It got even scarier after I finally got home, but. You know, my wife and I are on the phone. I remember I was in a record store and I went outside to talk to my wife and she was like, well, okay, they shut down LAX, you fly into Vegas and then you rent a car and you drive home. I was like, this is insanity. You know, I think back then our imaginations were driving us crazier, you know, than anything. Because we were just like, this, this is every, you know, movie I've seen about a, a pandemic. This is every zombie movie. You know, it starts small. Well, they're shutting down a couple uh, airports. And, uh, well, there's some sort of virus being passed around. And, uh, you know, the guy on the street. Uh, I'm, I'm Roger, I'm getting told that there's... Ah, zombies! Like, that's how it that's how it goes. It goes from just the littlest thing. And then all of a sudden on the news, there's just swarms of zombies. Just, take, just covering cars and eating everybody inside and stuff. And... <laughs> Not that I thought a zombie uh, attack was imminent, but it had that. It was being in a college town. Uh, uh, what was it in in March? And uh, and all the kids had left to go home, you know, because of COVID. It felt like kind of a ghost town ish. And it, 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 just being in that hotel, looking out the window, was kind of like, um, like I don't want to go home. But the shows uh, were great, and I flew home, and I was fine, and I didn't get COVID for at least a year and a half. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm going back there. So all tickets are at mattbronger.com/tour.
Um, let me see. And yeah, that's one that I wanted to talk about. Boop, boop, boop. So uh, yeah, let's go right to, we have three calls. Uh, two are recorded. Uh, one was a write-in. Thanks so much to the people who reacted to my last minute kind of uh, uh, request for calls. It's, it's never easy getting people to call, which I understand. I get it. Um, but you should. We really love getting uh, uh, calls from you guys and, and using them as fodder to kind of keep the act moving, so to speak. But like I said, this was kind of a last minute thing uh, for the sake of my, my family trip. I had so much stuff I was kind of juggling. I'm also taking you know a couple projects out to pitch pretty soon. I'm trying to do gigs at night uh, to get ready to build this new hour uh, this year. You know, work toward that. So there are times where I'm just like, oh, well, we have a guest next week, right? No, because that's when you're out of town. I am? Oh, fuck. That's next week. Well, shit in my mouth. You know, we, we all have times like that where something creeped up on you and this creeped up on me. So anyway, I uh, uh, adore you. Thank you so much for calling in and giving us these calls. So Anyway, without further ado, let's roll the first call. Hey, Matt. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing it about 10 years, this well, 10 years this Valentine's Day. Uh, it's also the anniversary of my father's suicide, and that's why I started on Valentine's Day to try to make it a positive thing. Uh, little did I know that comedy was going to become a nightmare in my life, but it also is the love of my life, and I am addicted to it, and I've made great progress in it, uh, but my wife just left me suddenly on Thanksgiving Eve uh, without warning, and I'm currently sitting at home with COVID. As a comedian oh. who's almost 10 years in, I've, I've made a lot of accomplishments. I've, I've done a lot of things. Um, I've, you know, I've opened for some of the biggest names. I've run my own shows. I've been in festivals, but I feel like I haven't broken through to the next level. So I'm calling for life advice as a comedian who's trying to get an agent. I want to get on television. Uh, I'm just looking for any advice on uh, how to deal with these life issues that I'm dealing with, but also just as a struggling comedian uh, to figure out the best way to move forward and to not be, you know, beaten down by the industry. Um, thank you so much for your time, Matt. Find you very funny. Stay safe. Bye. Wow. Thanks for calling in, man. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, first off, I'm sorry about your father. I'm sorry about the situation with, with your marriage. Um, you do seem to be, uh, you know, erring on the right side of life. Let's just say we, we don't know where we're going. None of us, but you seem to have the right attitude. The first thing I judge when people call in is like their tone and yours seems to be not necessarily upbeat, but you don't sound necessarily uh, beaten down. And I think that goes back to what, you know, you said comedy is the love of your life. Hopefully that wasn't at the expense of your marriage. I don't mean to read into anything. I don't know one way or the other if it was or not, but I would think you sound like a thoughtful dude. I, I think you probably would have said so if that was um, the case, but okay. Uh, 
let's unpack this. You've been doing this for for ten years. That's a that's a good amount of time. Uh, but um, I'm just gonna you, you you asked about the comedy thing, so I'll just get into that. Like it, the thing the thing you got to keep in mind is there's no there's no real I won't say there's no real breakthrough, but first off, you got to keep in mind that every comedian, every performer is always, there's a part of them that's always kind of striving for the next thing. And I know you're just like, I just need a win. You're probably like, I just want to tour as a headliner and make a living at that. I want to get on TV. Get The thing you mentioned, getting on TV, that's that doesn't really help as much these days. Like late night sets, that's good for a credit. Definitely good for a credit, especially for working clubs. You should definitely be submitting tapes if you can. Or, uh, you know, just put sets good sets of yours online uh with a with a with a readable caption i would hire someone to to shoot you first off let's say a good five five six shoot a whole let's say shoot shoot your best 10 minutes the or the one you the 10 minutes of your act you like the best have it uh have about five minutes of it captioned or whatnot and then you could submit that for late night sets or just put it on youtube and hopefully you'll get seen uh, and I know hopefully that that sucks, but there's no real in. So when you say get on TV as a as a milestone, it's good for credits, but it's not what it was. If you're talking about uh, getting like uh, on a, a special uh, or or getting a, a set on, let's let's just say off the top of my head, Comedy Central's Half Hours or uh, one of you know, Netflix, various kind of streamers they're kind of doing or um, making a special and selling it to kind of Amazon Prime or, or, or whatnot. It's you kind of want to pay attention to who's producing those sorts of things and not necessarily reach out to them. But look, I've said it before. Uh, Dan Harmon had the best analogy I've ever heard for making it, which he described as like, getting when you're a kid and you get lost in the woods don't go wandering around stay where you are and that is to say stay what you're doing what you're doing your best avenue is to get as good as possible and i know you've already got that focus and i know you want a win and you want something to tell you that it's it's worth it and this is going to suck to hear but doing it is what makes it worth it. It's nice to get noticed and it's great to make a living at it once, you know, that eventually happens, but you know, just look at look at other look at people who are different than you and see what they're doing online cuz online is 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 I won't say it's everything, but it's definitely the best way to get noticed and for people to see you and for you to create your own value that other people come in and then want to have a piece of it with you. You mentioned an agent. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes people make is that agents get you work. They don't. You get yourself work and then agents make the best possible deal and take a piece for themselves. So to get an agent, you need to already have, they have to either see something that they can make money off of you or they have to uh, see that you're already making money and they want to be in the you business. Um, one good way to start on that road is to uh, get an aide, excuse me, get a manager. And uh, managers, uh, you know, they always say, what's the difference between a manager and an agent? 
uh, a manager can't get you work and an agent won't. Well, what that comes from is a manager technically can't negotiate deals. You have to have a license to do that like an agent does, okay? Uh, and so basically a manager can help get you with an agent to negotiate these deals. But there's another thing. You can also have a lawyer negotiate these deals. I know people in the business that are doing quite well that don't have a manager or an agent. They just have a lawyer. And these guys are a little bit more money focused than I am. I've always kind of looked at it as like, this is my team. I have employees uh, and I have two managers actually. And um, you know, they're, they're, they're great. But where you're at, I would say, put your stuff online, captioned and you know, blast, blast it out there. Uh, look at what people are doing to get noticed. Let's say you put it on TikTok, look for a hot hashtag, put that hashtag on there. Um, and went, find out uh, who's managing acts you really like, especially mid-level acts that are on their way up. Look for those managers and look for uh, uh, management companies and maybe look for junior managers, people who are starting out just like you. That's how I basically got my foothold in the business was I was quote unquote discovered by my now wife. But back then she was an up and coming manager. I was an up and coming comedian. We kind of rose together because she was hungry and I was hungry. A lot of times you could say sign with some, like a, a massive, massive, you know, very successful manager. But why is he going to, he or she going to work that hard for you when they're already killing the game? You know, this, this person already represents Kevin Hart. Why would they give a fuck about you? You know what I mean? So that, that would be, I think, I think rather than don't even think about agents right now, you know, I feel like they'll find you. I would focus more on putting your stuff online and looking for a manager. That's my best advice. But that said, I'm very sorry you've gone through all the stuff you've gone through and, uh, Stand up is probably not enough, but it. I personally, especially now with COVID, it, it's 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 such. It already. I had maybe like three years ago just started to being one. Just started to be one of those guys who is consistently selling. Like I was always selling well in clubs, but I was selling well in music venues, which was a huge step for me. Where I was like, wow, people are seeking me out. You know, I'm on a platform called Bands in Town. And I have, a, a, you know, I think 25,000 people that are on there that they get notified if I'm coming to their area, which uh, is a lot of people for what I was previously dealing with and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is actually building. And then COVID hit. And so now everyone's scrambling, including myself. And uh, people are either going, yeah, I want to see you, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Tom Segura is coming to the the big, big theater. So I'm saving money, money for that, which I totally get. Or they're like, I don't want to go to anything live. I am scarred. So some of my upcoming dates are selling really well. Other ones, really, really poorly. It's just, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. So not that you want to be comparing yourself to other people to be happy, but look, if it helps, Everyone's kind of scrambling right now with the exception of offhand three or four people I know that 
side note, fly private jets to their gigs. You know, like they have this built-in support system for their careers and for their shows. And that's rare air, okay? You know, I, I, I am not Joe Coy. I am not selling out a stadium two nights in a row, <laughs> you know? And, and, and does that make me sad? No. I, I just kind of know what I have to work on. And I know I have to keep my mental health in check and not... I, I recently... I, I used to follow a lot of people who did impressive shit on social media to get people to come to their shows. And they knew how to push buttons to get you to look at their online content uh, beyond anyone else's. But a lot of their stuff was like, Oy. you know, I, I disagreed with their viewpoints, blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, it's kind of, they were kind of just so clickbaity. And I unfollowed a few people recently and I'm better off for it because they're not bouncing around in my head with me going, why can't I do that? Wait, but I'm not that kind of comedian. Blah, 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 blah. So, Anyway, I hope I'm making sense. What I'm saying is just keep your mental health strong, your emotional health strong. Keep perspective. Holy shit. I can't tell you how important keeping perspective is in this life and especially this business because it, 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 it is like a garbage fire so often and it, it is awful. It's awful and unforgiving. But... Do you let it uh, uh, get you down? Sure. How can you not? I do. But if I look at things from the right perspective, I can go, okay, what can I do today? What progress can I make? You know. So I would just take it day by day. Put your stuff online. Uh, uh, try to find out uh, who's managing people that that you like, and you know, you can typically those people have no problem uh, getting emails. So send an email. Don't I wouldn't send a clip right away, but just send an email introducing yourself. You know, list some of your credits, people you've opened for, and ask if they'd like to see a clip. Go from there. And this person is not going to go, I want to sign you. But now they know who you are. And now they're going to pay attention. They're going to be tracking you and see where you're going. You know, a lot of this is just getting in front of people and starting a, a relationship. Just be and just be normal and just be kind and have cool shit going on in your own life that people want to be a part of. So sorry for what you've been through, but uh, hold on to the stand up love and uh, uh, yeah, uh, call back in and keep me posted and uh, good luck to you. So, alrighty, let's do uh, call number two. Hello, Matt. Uh, it's nice to not really speak to you, but kind of secondhand. Um, hmm. I'm. 15 years old, almost 17. I cared about stand-up comedy for a very long time. Wanted to be a comedian for, I guess, the majority of my life at this point. And, um, but uh, lately my focus has shifted into actually hosting comedy. I think that's something I'd want to do someday. So I was wondering uh, if the two of you had any, I guess, advice or recommendations or just ideas that you've got being people who have uh, been to different types of comedy clubs and comedy venues. What are some things that you look for? What are some things you think are missing most of the time? Um, what are some things you'd like to see from a venue, uh, you know, in terms of booking or catering? 
uh, hosting, um, emceeing, whatever. Just, you know, I'm really, uh, I guess, ignorant to that world. So I just sure. from the mouth of two comedians, I want to know, you know, what are you looking huh. for? What do you need? All right. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, goodbye. I'm going to go listen to your podcast now. Hello, Matt. Hey, uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, sorry there aren't two of us. Uh, it's just me. Uh, you probably called in for a specific uh, comic or, or just called in assuming I would have someone. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I will. Or fucking 99 times out of 100 or something, actually. Uh, 49 times out of 50? I'll check the math. But listen, first off, you're doing better at everything uh, than me in a big way because you're, you asked all the questions about, all right, what's missing? You went, you got into catering, like got into food. I mean, you just were just like, look, I'm just ignorant. And that's something that I am, but have a hard time saying, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And my wife was like, well, did you Google it? Did you look it up? Did you do your due diligence? And I just want to just know, you know, without doing the research. I love that you're just curious about all the aspects of it. Wow. Um, first off, you said you were like, I'm getting more into hosting. I mean, that's still stand up. You just host a show and that's the first job you'll get. You know, when someone sees you doing some good sets or you're hanging out and people are like, oh, you're funny. Um, do you want to host the show tonight? Or do you want to host so-and-so's coming to town? He or she already has a feature comedian. Um, would you like to host for the show? Because like, I'll break it down for you. Uh, you. Comedy club, your headliner does 45 minutes to an hour, hour and change. Your feature act does 20 minutes to uh, 30 minutes. And the person that, that takes what we call the bullet the first person on stage, uh, they're the host, they're the MC, the master of ceremonies, and they'll do between, uh, let's say, anywhere from seven to 15 minutes, typically. So, and you, it's your job to say, hey, hi, how are you guys? Hosting is probably the hardest because no one expects much of you, which can go in your favor, but at the same time, no one expects much of you, and that can be bad if people are just like, when is the funny person coming on? Before you even open your mouth. They're just like, oh, here's here's the host. Man, it's time to use the bathroom, or let's order some mozzarella sticks from the, the server kind of thing. But there's no stakes. So you can go out there and try your best stuff or, you know, noodle around as long as it's funny kind of thing. You're also going to have to be making announcements, which is annoying. And then you got to remember people's names, which is doesn't sound like much. But when you've just done a bunch of jokes, you, you've forced yourself or trained yourself to remember. And then you're like, please welcome. And you blank. That happens to everybody. I hosted a New Faces thing at Just for Laughs in Montreal in uh, 2016. And I shredded everyone's name. Not just got it wrong. Shredded. And this was their 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 debutante ball coming out on stage to maybe get signed by agents. Oh God! I look back on I remember in the middle of the show I just was like I'm not drunk I swear, hey I'm just bad I need to have someone's name right in front of me all the time. Uh, so it's not that easy, but it gave me a thought. You're talking about all the different components of how everything comes together, and to answer your question, what would I change? What would I make different? I don't know what I would change in terms of food, in terms of most comedy clubs kind of, they've been around long enough. Uh, they've kind of got it down and you'll learn on the job. You'll learn as you get older and you start getting booked in some of these places. You'll see how it is. 
and you'll see uh, that you shouldn't take too much of it seriously, and you'll kind of learn the game. But you mentioned you 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 were more interested in hosting, and I thought of friends of mine who like what I do. Uh, I do stand up comedy mostly for a living. I do this podcast. Uh, I I audition for acting work, which I get sometimes, but it's nowhere near the kind of money I could rely on. I write stuff and try to sell that stuff and try to get that stuff made. That's constant. Um, and uh, a thing I've done very rarely, other friends of mine do, is a thing called hosting. Like you'll host a show on TV or you'll, you'll, uh, you'll host an event. And I have friends that do, like my friend Dave Holmes, uh, who was formerly a, a VJ. He came in second on the uh, Wanna Be a VJ contest back in the 90s. And he has a whole story about that. He has a great book that he wrote called Party of One. He's an old dear friend. And he hosts, uh, he, he, he has a couple podcasts now. And his hosting skill has bled into that. But he has hosted stuff on TV. He's hosted, you know, game shows. It's just kind of about being a friendly presence who can kind of master of ceremonies wherever they are. So maybe that's your thing. And that is a job. That is a thing that, that people do. And you tend to think, oh, game show host, that's a host. There's all kinds of hosts. Uh, and, and just, I would Google Dave Holmes and look at the stuff he does and go, oh, maybe I can do that. Would I call Dave a comedian? Kind of, but I've only seen him do actual stand-up stand-up like a handful of times. Uh, he hosted a bunch of non-traditional comedy shows at like UCB and the Meltdown when that was still around, um, like uh, the Friday 40, which was basically like a, a trivia competition, but everybody on stage had a 40 ounce of beer. You're underage, so you shouldn't be doing that show. But you know, it was a it, it it it's all it's all nightclub stuff, baby. You know, it's all whatever gets people uh, uh, to come to the show and enjoy themselves. So, I will say this: uh, I do mention my wife a lot on the podcast and how she's a she's a manager and and. But one thing I don't talk about that often is how she got in the business. She got in the business by working in a comedy club in Boston, where she's from, because she was like, I don't know what I want to do in comedy. But I want to be a part of it, and I don't want to be a comedian. Now, that's not you. But I am saying, you mentioned so many aspects of the comedy experience. Maybe you work in a couple of those first and just figure them out. Maybe you work in the kitchen. Maybe you seat people at a comedy club for a while. Um, not as a, a method of, oh, this is how I get on stage. That's not how you do it. But you learn so much about it and how things work and the psychology of a crowd. I mean, it's when I when I say I'm 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 not an expert in architecture. I mean, I am not an expert in architecture, but I tell you, I know what a good comedy room looks like when it's empty. I know you you got to have lower ceilings. Uh, it's good to have the room uh, somehow focus on uh, you know obviously just one side. So there's a comedian there, but if that side can be a little smaller than the rest of the room, like you can put some curtains up in the edges. That's how you get people to go, oh, that's the tip of the arrow. That's where I look. You learn stuff like that working in these clubs. Um, so look, you have so much time and you obviously have a curious mind. Um, 
So I, I, I say to you what my wife says to me, do the research, <laughs> you know, just poke around, make it fun, stay curious. And one, one hard and fast rule of life that I've learned is you can never stop learning. Never, ever stop. And God damn it, I wish we could. I wish it was just like, I'm done. You know, like Neo in the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. I wish I could be like, I know comedy and social media. I'm done. Or even, I know exercise. Done exercising. Uh, so thank you so much for calling in. That was a fantastic question. And I, and I hope that helps. Um, and again, follow up. Nobody follows up. We haven't had a lot of people call back in. God, I really, really want that woman who uh, described herself as catnip to uh, to husbands <laughs> to call back in and explain. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're a liar, miss. I believe you. I bet these dudes are thirsty as fuck when you move in. But I just want, I just want a couple stories. I want a couple husbands who thought they were slick when their wives were out of town. I mean, I think People want the juicy bits and that, God, I just, you know, I, I, I've had Laura Lee Abby, uh, uh, write me and go, did the woman call back? And I'm like, no, I wish, I wish anyway. Uh, so look, if you called in before and I, and we gave you advice, call in again, even if you were like, you, you, you're trash. This advice was crap. Okay. So at least that'll be funny. And I want to hear from you. Uh, okay, so last question is, oh, this is a simple one. Uh, what are your thoughts on flavored coffee? Um, I think I'm a fan, but only on mostly the weekends. I know my wife and I will be like, oh, let's try that new coffee place. And it's like, what, we, have a, we have a rosemary lavender latte. And you're like, oh, all right. You know, cool. I don't like places that are like, all our coffee is loaded with candy. I don't like it. Just a hint of flavor. I mean, I had an iced coffee this morning uh, and just put a little bit of almond milk in it. That's usually what I do. Uh, and I made a, an Americano for my wife and a little bit of steamed almond milk in hers. We rarely add flavoring. I love sugar. I probably will have some during the day. I have a little candy or something like that. So I want to save it, you know? Speaking of, I mean, I had jelly on toast this morning. So I've already had my candy. God damn it. Sugar just sneaks up on you like a snake in the grass. But my mostly my thoughts on flavored coffee are if you're going someplace where they already have really good coffee done by a really good roaster and they have flavor ideas, great. But uh, for the most part, I'll just save it for the weekend and I'll get like some some, <laughs> some kind of frozen. I, I do love getting like some frozen trash from Starbucks or like whatever holiday diabetic garbage they have for the season. I, I'm full on that shit, man. I will, all of it. Pumpkin spice, peppermint, you know, snowstorm. Uh, in a in a in a in a, a fresh warmed heart attack basket from Starbucks. I love that stuff. It's not every day. I had <laughs> I had a friend of mine. I might have mentioned this on the show, but he used to get his coffee from Baskin Robbins every morning. He's <laughs> like, "What are you doing? That's a milkshake." Yeah, but there's coffee in it. Coffee doesn't make it healthy. Hey, 
But it is, I do, I will say, typically I'm not a flavored coffee guy every day at all, but I do like a just a bucket of caffeinated caffeinated trash sometimes. It's so fun. So uh, that th those are my thoughts on, on flavored coffee. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's the ep. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to me flailing away with you, but I had a good time and it was very fun. Um, uh, some some old man news. I am on TikTok now, so follow me at Real Matt Bronger if you want some 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 real real good forty something content. I'm having fun on it, uh, getting some followers here and there. But that's up. That's that's there. As always, you can follow me at Bronger on all the other platforms or at Matt Bronger uh, Comedy on um, uh, excuse me YouTube.com slash Matt Bronger Comedy. For uh, other things, there are old episodes of This Might Help that are on YouTube that you can watch and or listen. And uh, as always, thank you, Mighties. Thank you for calling in. And uh, pass it on. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, if you have a problem, you have a beef, you have something you want to share, don't think, just call. 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. And thanks. Go get them. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.